Parsha Ra'eh is this week's reading. It is the 47th Parsha in the reading cycle, and we are nearing the end of the reading cycle, about six more weeks or so, and then we get into the High Holy Days. We get into the High Holy Days in about a month. And like Beth was sharing a little bit earlier, I'd like to talk a little bit about choices, obviously, considering the parasha and how it begins. Um, but I'd like to begin with a word, especially for those who listen online and didn't get to hear the readings. I think it's important to begin with a word in the readings from this week's Torah portion. Um, I'll be on page 210 for those of you who uh, would like to read along a little bit, or I'll be reading just a little bit from Devarim, chapter 11, verse 26, or Deuteronomy 11:26, And that's at the very beginning of this week's parsha, where uh, the children of Israel, of course, are given a choice. Parsha Re'eh begins like this. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing, if you listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, your God, that I'm giving you today, and the curse, if you don't listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, your God. But turn aside from the way I am ordering you today and to follow other gods that you have not known. When Adonai, your God, brings you into the land you're entering in order to take possession of it, you are to put the blessing on Mount Gerzim and the curse on Mount Eval. Both are west of the Yarden in the direction of the sunset and the land of the Kutani living in the Arava across from Gilgal near the pistachio trees of Moray. For you are to cross the Yarden to enter and take possession of the land Adonai your God is giving you. You are to own it and live in it. And you are to take care to follow all the laws and rulings I am setting for you today. So, this week, they're given a choice. Um, pretty simple one, a blessing and a curse, but one that is, even today, difficult for us to, at times, deal with. There was a, uh, regarding Parsha Re'eh here in this, there was a short story in the Midrash that kind of just sheds a little light on that. There's a story I read, it talks about there's a long line of cars that are going up winding country road, they're headed out to the country. And everyone in that kind of uh, caravan was excited because they could cut off a good portion of their trip near the end by taking a new modern uh, freeway that had just been built. So they're excited about saving a little time. And as they neared that part of uh, where that fork was, there's an old farmer standing out there waving them all down, stop, stop, stop. They're like, oh, what is it? And he says, you need to pay attention. At the end of this nice new highway, there's a whole bunch of uh, branches in the road, and it's all blocked. You can't pass through. So the people are a little skeptical. They're saying, does this hillbilly really know what he's talking about here? We could save some trip. It's a brand new freeway. And so some of the people just hammer on right around them and get on the new freeway, and some of the people take that, continue down the old country road. And so, of course, the people that headed down the new highway, what happens, of course, they run into a roadblock and they're forced to turn around and try to find a different way through and it costs them a lot of time. So the sages say that the meeting ties into this week's Parsha and that the road of Torah may seem troublesome 
but it will surely lead to your destination. At first, of course, it's a bumpy ride, but once you kind of settle into it, it turns into a beautiful, relaxing, scenic ride. The other path, which is um, that new highway, it's the highway of the worldly, and it looks smoother at the beginning. It's the one everyone's taking, but it will ultimately be obstructed, so we need to choose wisely and choose the path of Torah. Right? That's the Torah. It's ways, all its ways are pleasantness, and its paths are peace. And so the blessings that we read about here and the blessings that you expect to come through, you're supposed to see them. It's not just a reward in the world to come or um, reward after you die. There's reward to be had in this world in the form of uh, uh, peace and spiritual being and wholeness. This is stuff that the world cannot provide as much as they promise. And so I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to bring this into the New Testament thought a little bit, this Torah principle, because in a narrow view here, and I read this in a lot of the commentaries I was reading this week, is that, though these instructions are just for the Israelites when they enter the land. And in a narrow view, that is correct. But in a broad view of it, there is application here for all who believe in Messiah Yeshua. So if you have a Stearns, turn to page 1528. We'll be in the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, 15, 28 in the Stearns, or 1 John chapter 5, it's way at the end. It's a tiny two-pager book, depending on the size of your font, but it's right before Jude, right before Revelation, you have 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. First John chapter 5, I'm just going to read the first about five verses of this, this first paragraph. It says, everyone who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah has God as his father, and everyone who loves a father loves his offspring too. Here's how we know that we love God's children. When we love God, we also do what he commands. For loving God means obeying his commandments. Moreover, his commandments are not burdensome. Because everything which has God as its father overcomes the world. And this is what uh, victoriously overcomes the world, which is our trust. Who does overcome the world, if not the person who believes that Yeshua is the Son of God? Amen to that. So we read here from John that it's pretty important to do what God commands. Once again, this is interpreted in many different ways. I found interpretations that suggested that um, these are just the teachings of Yeshua. That's what these God, God's commandments are here. And I just found that a little, it's just not really what the plain meaning of what this, these verses just say. And there are other commenters, though, um, Jewish scholars who wrote the Jewish annotated New Testament, like Professor Amy Jill Levine, and others, that this is a reference to Torah here. In 1 John chapter 5, these um, commandments, uh, God's commandments, it's just it's the plain meaning of it. It's just logical. These is, this is Torah is what they're talking about here. And so faith in Yeshua and seeking to follow his ways is something assumed by the writers of the apostolic writings. There's really no other option back then. Uh, the Torah lifestyle 
It develops trust. This is how we overcome the world. This is what will help us stay on the path, really, that leads to our destination. But yet, we have a choice, of course. Um, We have free will to choose to follow in our discipleship of Yeshua or following God's commandments. Um, And we have a choice not to. And it isn't always easy. Sometimes life, we fail. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes we go through seasons. Sometimes we have seasons in our life where there's a lot of sorrow. Maybe somebody had died or a loved one has rejected us. These times, they uh, weigh deep on the heart. And sometimes you drift away from God a little bit just because you're going through a season of sorrow. Sometimes you go through a season of rebellion. There's adolescent rebellion. There's midlife crisis rebellion. Rebellion in many different forms. Just drift away a little bit. Sometimes there you go through a season of persecution where you're being persecuted. It's hard to always tap in to the word when there's so many uh, difficult distractions in life. Sometimes the season we're in is just laziness. I mean, sometimes summertime up here oh, can just lull us into a bit of complacency with the backyard barbecues, the vacations. It's kind of easy to just sort of get a little lazy in the dog days of summer. We drift away a little bit, perhaps. And so bad choices... They're easier to make when we're a little spiritually lazy. It just happens to us. We're human beings. So Adonai helps us out a little bit. Adonai, in his wisdom, he revealed the Moedim, right, his holy days, in a way that's periodic throughout the year to help us get sort of back on track. And so we have an opportunity to tap into, like, extra divine blessing during this time. There's an extra measure there during certain periods of the year And one of those periods begins in just a few weeks, of course. That's the high holy days. But today, as Beth said earlier, of course, with the beginning of Elul, there's a traditional opportunity here to begin tapping into that right away. This is the month of Elul. It's it's the month of uh, introspection. It's also, you could think of it as the month of making good choices, right? It's a prep month for the upcoming high holy days. I like what Beth used, what she say it was, uh, we use being ready. You want to have readiness when you get to the high holy days. And that's what this is about. So when we were talking about Elul and the upcoming high holy days, and no, not everyone here has been experienced that with us, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, traditional stuff that's going to be happening. And so it's always good to remind people getting into this that tradition is actually scriptural. Good tradition anyways. No, don't take my word for it. Turn to page 1479. Or, I have a hard time always saying this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Page 1479. Or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 starts out, he is, there's warnings about staying the course, right? Not being distracted from the evil things of the world. Um, a very apocalyptic type uh, writing here. But towards the end of chapter 2, he tries to give uh, his brothers there um, some encouragement, right? Um, Verse 13, he says, 
Uh, but we have to keep thanking God for you always, brothers whom the Lord loves, because God chose you as first fruits for deliverance by giving you the holiness that has its origin in the spirit and the faithfulness that has its origin in truth. He called you uh, to this through our good news so that you could have the glory of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Verse 15, therefore, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught by us, whether we spoke them or wrote them in a letter. So here you have spoken traditions and written traditions. Once again, many of the commentators that I read had a difficult time with this. Um, they would say things like, well, these traditions are the teachings of Messiah. Well, I think he would have just said the teachings of Messiah, and they do say an, all through many of these writings about following Yeshua and his teachings. But here, clearly, he's saying there's traditions I spoke to you and wrote to you. We have oral tradition and written tradition here. Both uh, Stern, in his commentary, and uh, the Jewish annotated New Testament, both agree that what can be in view here is um, Jewish tradition, oral and written. Now, the specific traditions that uh, we're looking at here in 15, how many of those survive today? Likely not many, but the traditions that um, existed in all these synagogues, they all were slightly different, but they were, they're all woven, all cut from the same fabric. They don't make major changes in tradition. And tradition is good. Tradition is something every synagogue and church utilizes, whether they admit it or not. And so tradition is going to be very useful and helpful for us during this season we are entering and uh, help us to make best use of the time we have during the high holiday seasons. So back to Elul, right? Elul, this is uh, the month. This is the last month on the Hebrew calendar. Um, it's the time for... Uh, Introspection and repentance, it's the days of repentance that start today. Today is day one of uh, repentance. Uh, it's a little complicated. When you have Hebrew months that have 30 days, the last day of the first month and the first day of the next month comprise a two-day new moon festival. And so the second day gets the number one so if you look at the calendar, it says a new moon started last night and tonight. It's two days. So tomorrow gets Elul day one, but today gets day of repentance day one. <laughs> I don't make this stuff up, folks. This is just how it works, okay? Uh, tradition. But this is a time for deep uh, reflection as we get through the month of Elul because um, we want to have that readiness before we come before the king. Um, we have to prepare ourselves and the choices that we make. Do we go about life kind of as usual, how we've been used to doing it? I know even I myself have caught myself this summer just almost being not in a funk, but maybe a bit lazy. And so I'm pretty excited for a lull to hit so that I can really work on my readiness before um, we hit these high holy days. Tradition says the king is in the field. This means that uh, there's some thought out there, religious thought, that during the month of Elul, 
Um, Adonai is sort of like a uh, king that's up in a castle. And during this month, he comes out of the castle and is out in the fields to where any person, any of the common folk can come directly to him and uh, get uh, divine assistance. And so, of course, that's just a tradition. But I like the imagery of that, of this just right before we get to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, there's an opportunity here for us to really work on our readiness. And there's some divine assistance along with that. I really love that imagery. I think it's helpful for allowing us to reap great dividends right on our spiritual investments we're getting into here. So some of the things we can do a little bit as uh, we're getting out of here is remember easy things. Study a little more Torah, work on our prayer life a little bit, do some self-reflection, of course. Think about the choices we're making. All things we need to do to improve on ourselves, including myself, that we can uh, utilize the month of Elul for introspection and for blessing and are turning our lives back towards him. One of the last uh, traditions of uh, Elul I'd like to share with you this morning is a reading that we should try to do daily, and so we'll do it right now for today. Psalm 27. It's found on page 813. Psalm 27 is a traditional psalm for... uh, the days of Elul. Psalm 27, a psalm by David. Adonai is my light and salvation. Whom do I need fear? Adonai is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assailed me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they stumbled and fell. If an army encamps near me, my heart will not fear. If war breaks out against me, even then I will keep trusting. Just one thing have I asked of Adonai, only this will I seek. To live in the house of Adonai all the days of my life, to see the beauty of Adonai and visit in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter on the day of trouble. He will hide me in the folds of his tent. He will set me high on a rock, then my head will be lifted up above my surrounding foes, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, sing praises to Adonai. Listen, Adonai, to my voice when I cry. Show favor to me and answer me. My heart said of you, seek my face. Your face, Adonai, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You are my help. Don't abandon me. Don't leave me, God, my Savior. Even though my father and mother have left me, Adonai will care for me. Teach me your way, Adonai. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Don't give me up to the whims of my foes, for false witnesses have risen against me, also those who are breathing violence. If I hadn't believed that I would see Adonai's goodness in the land of the living, Put your hope in Adonai. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, put your hope in Adonai. May we uh, make choices this month of Elul that place us firmly on his path and keep us from that modern highway that the world has built. May the, uh, we utilize this time for introspection and teshuva, really turning our lives back towards him, towards his ways. And may we be aware of the Spirit working within us, helping us to seek his face 
and to do his will and strength, strengthen us in our discipleship of our master, Yeshua, in whom we have life in the world to come and through whom we can have new life in this world today. Shabbat Shalom.